Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, 11 o'clock hour. It is Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Drew Nixon with you. Don't forget, next Friday is our playoff Pilsner beer release party over at uh, Cinder Block Brewery. Friday, January 12th, starting at 6 o'clock. Please bring Alex one birthday gift. It is his actual <laughs> birthday, so... You know, it'd be nice if you contributed. The joke that everybody at the station will make is that, oh, I'll buy you a beer, and it's because we'll probably have some beer tickets, and Cody will act like he bought me a beer even though he didn't really buy me a beer. That's what will Does happen. it count? What if I go get it from the bar so you don't have to uh, get it? Maybe. Physically maybe. bring I, you a beer? Does that do anything for I, you? I, maybe. Well, maybe. We'll see. But it's going to be a ton of fun. We've had great crowds for these Pilsner release parties. It's the third year we've done it. Dusty's going to be broadcasting live all night starting at 6 the entire 610 sports crew is going to be out there. We're going to have a great food truck as well. So we're looking forward to this. Drew's first playoff Pilsner beer release party. He's actually going to wear Chiefs gear, which That's is right. a big deal as well. And it could be the night before the Chiefs are playing a playoff game. We don't know, right? We know they're playing Wild Card Weekend. We don't know the schedule yet. So there's a chance the Chiefs are playing Saturday. I have a weird suspicion that if it's Chiefs and Bills, which Monday is not the likely scenario, it's more likely Chiefs and Dolphins, but could be, yeah, that ESPN Monday night Wild Card game, which I'll be honest would suck big time for just a lot, a lot of reasons. People trying to go to the game the next day. Like it's a Monday night. It's a middle kids are back in school. It's just, it's tough Saturday or Sunday. So much better for the the wild card game. Of course it is. I don't know that I, so part of me thinks I was like, wait, who's going to be that standalone Peacock game. I've already decided it's uh, it's, it's Brown's AFC South winner stinks you think stinks of you, peacock who cares about that you don't game? think it's gonna be nfc like the nfc well, I South? think that's also the bucks, possible the bucks versus eagles it's someone well the eagles still hold some weight dude. if it They're was in bucks, the Super Bowl if last it was year. bucks cowboys i would have said there's no chance that that game goes on peacock and it's now going to be bucks eagles most likely that that stinks a little bit uh of uh, i think i think the fact that a good team in the nfc could still end up in that afc south matchup makes me think that it's going to end up being yeah, it could be. it's going to be Jags Browns and you're like yeah I, you know what that's fine it's gonna be one of the South but is, the, be NFC is, or is the Joe Flacco story interesting enough now though that the other networks are like no we actually kind of want like is this story compelling Maybe. enough yeah I feel like it's more likely NFC South goes just because I think the AFC South is the NFC South is so bad collectively <laughs> I think that they just throw it there you probably know what the result's going to be of the game anyways technically the AFC South has been like honest to God part of it is just think about game game style that Jags Browns game is going to be like 12 11. Like, I mean, just like unwatchable yeah. football. Like, I just, yeah. I know Flacco's playing better than that, but he's also throwing a million interceptions. There's a pretty good chance that, like, we get some scoragami in the teens against those two teams. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, but I feel like the Chiefs are. I don't feel like the Chiefs will get a really bad slot. They won't be on Peacock. I'm not worried about that. And especially if it's the only way is 
Maybe Colts, they get the Saturday day. Oh, they could get the Saturday ABC game. Saturday ABC game if it's like Chiefs-Colts. Yeah. Like Gardner-Minshew and a Chiefs team that's not playing well, you, the same. I well, could see you, that little a little juice coming off of that one. Well, you saw this week. So the Texans are getting the, the prime slot on Saturday, right? Yeah. The Texans-Colts game is massive. It's the first time all year the Texans haven't played in the 1 o'clock Eastern time slate, the noon window. Wow. And so if it's Chiefs-Texans, let's say, in a wild card game. Yeah. Where do they put that? Again, the Texans have not been in any prime slate in the slot until this week. No, so the Chiefs-Texans matchup could get young quarterback. It, it's a fun storyline, I agree, yeah. but like it th- still might not get the yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs Bills is the one that screams ESPN Monday Night Wild Card final one of the week. Or Chiefs game. Miami. Tyree yeah. Kill returning yeah. to Arrowhead Stadium. Absolutely. You cannot tell me that mm-hmm. that's not Saturday night. NFL, you know, like whatever. Like that's getting a prime time slot, isn't Chiefs it? Steelers. I mean, if they play Sunday at noon, yeah, it's still the Colts window yeah. Sunday at noon. That's a Sunday at noon game. If I've ever looked at it on the schedule, <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph. I won. I'm not kidding. Well, that was another, about this. that was another stupid bet. I made where like, I bet above my normal range. I'm like, screw this. I'm all in on Rudolph. Four days before Christmas. I'll be honest. I was so you bet, I was, you bet above your unit size. I was, we we yeah, don't unit yeah. shame on this show, but that, we talked about that heading in, uh, heading in that weekend. We both yeah. mentioned I was Rudolph so, on Christmas weekend. What do you expect? I was so irritated that that game really that game pissed me off more than the Chiefs game for obvious reasons because the game was One closer. Is the Steelers, but yeah. The whole Rudolph thing was so annoying because <laughs> of, of, of you saying it, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna bet it because of this. I was like, all right, whatever. And then uh, the, he's playing like freaking Joe Montana. I know. Patrick Mahomes. That was awesome. 90 yards to George Pickens or whatever. Oh, my gosh. It was bad. We'll get to Trash of the Day coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Okay, so there's something that I feel like has been bothering me a decent chunk of the season. I'm trying to decide if it's a standalone or if I should let it go. Andy Reid, boring creativity. Are we having issues here or is it just me? I do not like the creativity in the offense this year. If I have to watch one more four-yard hitch route, which seems to be about 95% of their offense this year, I might. I, I, I might lose it. I don't know if it's just because of the personnel part of this or not. I don't think Andy Reid's had it this year. Let me put it that way. Like, for all the creativity and all this stuff, we haven't even entertained this conversation. I'm not saying we have to yet. Normally, when a coach gets of a certain age and the offense starts to look like not the rest of modern offense in the NFL, we ask the question, are you making enough adjustments? Has the game passed you by? I'm not willing to kick that around on Andy but yet, but this has been the most boring version of his offense ever. It is unexciting to watch. They don't seem to have any creativity. They're not good at getting guys open. It seems like there's just more. It's more work or less creativity or more predictable. That Raiders game is a perfect example. They knew what the Chiefs were going to do before they did it. Is it is it lack of creativity or is it just still overall speak to the issues we've been discussing throughout the season? You know, you're mentioning like, oh, they're only doing like they're 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 struggling to get anything or they're they're running these hitch routes like. Isn't that a personnel problem most likely? Because I would argue in that Raiders game, they actually were trying to be creative because of the failures on offense. They're running fake pa- passes. You know, yeah. the the fumble that was a disaster in their own five-yard line was a wildcat formation or whatever God, it was. Someone was really with, with, open on with, that play too. With Pacheco. Yeah, Kelsey was going to be yeah. open. Like, so I would argue they have. It just hasn't worked this year because, again, the same limitations that exist in the wide receiver room. There's times this year where I actually think they've been trying to be way too gimmicky yeah. because of how bad they've had. And so I, I don't think they're less creative. Normally they found their one or two niche things that nobody else in the league was doing that work strongly for them. It's a shovel pass near the end zone. It's these overloaded sets where they get Kelsey underneath over and over again. They usually, in my opinion, over the last few years have one or two things they hang their hat on that by the end of the year, we're like, look at the league copying what they're doing. 
I cannot think of a single formation, a single uh, transition play where the league is looking at what they're doing and being like, yeah, we should be trying that. I love the design of that play. I love the shape of that play. There's been a lot more of they're just like, they're running the kind of offense that like normally bad teams complain about. Like Drew, right? He's got, he's a Bengals fan. He might be like, Oh God, are we really running that? Like even the screen passes don't seem to be well blocked or well designed. Well, see, you said it there, or Cody. Well played. I think you said it there. Don't seem to be well blocked. I think this all comes down to still just the the bigger problems we've discussed throughout the year. I I would argue there's times where they try to be gimmicky because of their failures in, yeah. in just running a base offense. I see a and lot so, of people blaming Nagy on the text line, and instead. that's fine. And that's fine. We've all obviously all discussed that that this, that topic and how much does he play into this? He's certainly a factor. I, I, I think it gets overblown of how much it, he is to blame. The same way it was ridiculous. Uh, Eric Bieniemy wasn't calling the plays either. I think, again, there, there's always uh, nuance to every conversation. There's a middle ground probably within that. But back to what you're saying, just the creativity. I think it's just they, they struggle to run a normal, what we could perceive to be a normal offense because of the failures at times by the tackles, even though Juwan Taylor's coming off maybe his best game of the year. Um, and then we know the wide receiver stuff. I mean, in, in, in the lack yeah, of execution. Have a lot of I mean, because we, we could talk about, oh, there's, you know, they're they're not executing. I mean, heck, it was not a it was not scripted to be a creative play, but even like the play that would have been the highlight of the year, Travis Kelsey, not a scripted creative play, but still no, that, that was just Travis Kelsey doing because, a thing. Called back because of a problem. Like you you mentioned the, the Pacheco Mahomes, the fumble there. Like they actually had something schemed up very nicely for Travis Kelsey. Didn't work because they had a mistake. That's the problem. It's hard to be creative and have these great plays when mistakes are happening on a regular basis. No, and I, I'm not saying that that's not like talent. I'd be part of someone's like, Cody, they can't get open further than five yards past <laughs> the field. And I do think that there's, but it just, and maybe this just speaks to, like you said, the broader problems. But I do think that Andy's creativity and play calling is part of the issue. I think they have become incredibly predictable. Let's take the Rasheed Rice one that we just talked about. Andy doesn't deserve the credit on that one. Rasheed Rice broke off a, a five-yard hitch route. You know how many times I've seen Rasheed Rice run that route this year? A million. They were all in that play. The reason why it worked is because Rasheed Rice finally recognized that that one gun wouldn't work and well, wait, instead we went are, down the I, field. I know right. that the offense gives them the option to get out sure, of Sure, no, but, but what you're, and you're saying, like, that's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. But what you're saying, I still think, is just the bigger problems. Like, the I don't view that as, like, all of a sudden, having giving a route where Rasheed Rice is going deep doesn't mean you're being creative. So, like, what you're saying to me is just, still the, the bigger problems that we have with the offense like that. I don't, I don't view like, Hey, they're not taking deep shots. They're just not being as creative. I don't view cre- like when I think creative, it doesn't have to be a gadget play. But when no, I think sometimes cre- seven, eight yards, but, but creative, I don't think also is like, Oh, you're just not sending Rasheed rice deep. You're not being creative. I, I just, those are two different things for me. At least. I don't know. I just like to see something out of Andy Reed this year that the rest of the league envies. And maybe it's yeah. more difficult because yeah, the talent and we understand that. But now that we're in week 17 of the season, we have to talk about teams over. They are. Now that we're there, they, this offense has a thousand yard running back and two thousand yard receivers. So I mean, they still got problems offensively, but let's just be very clear: they now is an offense. Now that they've gotten through a full season, have two wide receivers, a tight or tight end and a wide receiver, capable of getting a thousand yards, and a running back capable of being a thousand yard rusher. That's usually a pretty good trio. We don't normally complain about the guys behind that. Once you have an established core three that you feel you can go to, I get it. It's a big ass drop off. That's after those three. And it's, it's not the, a normal drop-off. It, it is a sizable you're, one. You're not even getting minimal production from the other guys. And it just goes back to the turnover 
discussion. Yeah, and, giving and the ball away. You're moving the ball between the twenties, and then once you get in the red zone, there's a you know a holding penalty or turnovers. That that's how you can still put up the the numbers, you know, the stats and the numbers and a box score can sometimes even still look decent. But then you pay attention to the turnovers and the penalty kind of the column, yard, the yards per play thing, because normally that would be a stat that would indicate you're one of the five best offenses in the league. Here are the teams who lead the league in yards per play. Tell me until you get to an offense that you don't trust: San Francisco, Miami, Baltimore, Detroit, Buffalo, the Rams, and the Chiefs. There you go. They're just as good at getting yards on every single play as these other teams. But then what happens? Yeah, those other things come into play. We'll get to the trash of the day coming up in about five minutes. Um. Okay, so this doesn't have to be about Tony's offsides. Oh, but did oh. you guys? We did make an agreement, didn't we? Did you? Yes. Did you guys see the video that the NFL sent to the teams, reminding them how to check in because of an absolute befuddled end of the Lions Cowboys things? I can't believe that they that they chose to send this video and place the blame on the players instead of for once just owning it. This one wasn't even like the Tony one where it's like, hey, you called a penalty you didn't call? And we had to go in the back and forth of like, who's lying? Did the Chiefs actually get warned? Or are the refs lying about being warned? And the truth is the refs are probably lying about warning Kadarius Tony earlier in the game. They probably didn't. Okay, caught in one lie. Then they send out this video. And that this video would have me believe that the NFL refs were so confused by this that they were more confused by a guy whose arm kind of went in the air 30 yards away from the referee versus the, and I looked him up, six foot six, 330 pound offensive lineman who was standing directly in front of his face. Yeah, Decker, right? So they're saying, hey, if we screw up the number, that's on you, jerk. And I'm like, what? So what is your job? What level of accountability? When are you wrong? I guess is my question. When they send out this video, at what point are refs wrong? Ever? Are they ever wrong or are they just right all the time? That's the problem with this video. Yeah, so obviously we're talking about the, the controversial eligible, ineligible tackle or, or offensive lineman in the, in the Cowboys game over the weekend that everybody talking. About. Look, the this is so much worse than the offside stuff. It really is because this, to me, is protocol, basically, right? Like protocol with the what the official is supposed to Not protocol with what the player – like. Yeah. The, the player did what he was supposed to do. This is different. Like, Tony, like, hey, he, he didn't check, right? This is – an offensive lineman clearly is in front of the official checked. The ref made a mistake clearly because he just got he, the wrong number. He got the wrong number. Yeah. And then after the game, of course, acted like, no, we didn't get the wrong number. That that's the problem. And if I didn't hear after the game from Dan Campbell that he alerted the officials before, I might have a different opinion on it. But the moment the moment I heard that they warned the officials they were going to try to do a little trick play, if if you will, mm-hmm. with the reporting of an eligible receiver. Um, then I said, okay, well, then the official should have been known by because you can, because you can, one time, because you can make the argument, right? That if you're going to try to trick a, an opponent, there's a chance in this case, when it's something that's a, a, a process that you could trick the official, which is ultimately what happened by the way. But when you warn the official before the game, then I don't care if you, you trick the, if the, the official can't be tricked, you warn the crew. Ahead of time. That's why I had the problem with it. You warn the crew that we're going to do something kind of weird and funky heads up. And they still didn't get it right. Well, I think it isn't. I don't know if it was in the pool report or if it was uh, Perry after on ESPN. Perry was but, really not helping the situation. Uh, you know, he was not. Uh, the official looks like in the video, he looks at Decker directly and nods yes. his head. Yes. And then I think I think it was the pool report. He said Decker came over to him to say that number 70 was checking in. 
He's just lying. Isn't it? It's supposed to come from the player himself. Yes. Why, would, why would somebody else go over and say, hey, by the way, this guy coming in is, is checking in. And I get that he checked in other times, but. No, the official it, flat out mess, yeah, mess, messed up the numbers. It. He lied. He lied. Like, like, this is the simple thing with like that I don't understand about refs and all this stuff is how often both the major league ones, they just lie. You're like, you know, we have video evidence of all of this, right? We can physically see what's happening here. In no time in the history of the NFL has a guy gone over and reported somebody else eligible. That's not that's against the rules. Why wouldn't you have told him at the time, hey man, you can't report for somebody else? That's not how this works. Because yeah, that's these... not what's happened. That's not like this one, like the Kadarius Tony one, they got really defensive about it and they called all those offsides penalties the next week because they're very sensitive babies about the stuff that happens that makes them look bad. They made a mistake. They they altered the entire NFC playoff picture landscape with a big, big, big mistake. But they never just sit there and even just send out like a letter and be like, yeah, we screwed that one up and just move on. We'd all yeah, move on. Brad, we wouldn't even have talked about it this week if they had said we screwed it up. Yeah, so Brad Allen was the official, and he's going to be on the, the Steelers game this weekend, like the the, the primetime slate or at least the, the, the solo national slate game with the Steelers this weekend. We know they all get graded after these games, and usually it impacts your playoff and Super Bowl time. There is no way, right, that Brad Allen's crew has graded out. Like, there's just no way uh, they've graded out properly to where they, they, the can't, they, they cannot be. Like, there's Dude, no way. Dude, they're on the Ravens Steelers this weekend. I, I know. Like said. Yeah, like, there's, there's no way, though, that that crew graded out well enough to where they're going to get a playoff spot, though, next weekend, right? To your point, Cody, too, it, it, the best case scenario for them was for the Eagles to win over the weekend. They lost. And as a result, the Cowboys are the two seed, I believe, right now. That's because the Eagles also lost the Cardinals. Right, yeah. right, yeah. It, but it, the Lions would the Lions would have been the two. Yeah, yeah. They, they they lost out on that shot. Yeah, I mean, they changed the playoff picture. The Lions could have just been facing one road game in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, a much more favorable path than possibly having to go to Dallas. What's wild about, like, so this is not, like, I think we're all on the same page with the officials on this one. Uh, botching what was just a very procedural thing that they should have recognized on the eligible. I will say this. Does anybody else think it's a little weird? Like, let's, for just a half second, stop. Oh, that this is a human nature part versus just, like, clicking a button or something? No, 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 no. Like, stop stop with the, like, the official stuff for just a half second. That the advantage the Lions thought they would get yeah. by doing the, like, I'm, like yeah. legitimately, I am wondering, like, were they going to get enough of an advantage? No, It's like the ring around where, the rosy play for the Chiefs. Like, were they going to get enough of an advantage of yeah, but like the ring around the rosy, the play itself had creativity in it. This yeah. was just creatively deceived, trying to declare. So I'm just wondering, like, if they didn't declare in a weird way, was that what made the play successful? I guess is what I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, it worked. Like, so. was it needed is my question. Yeah, I wonder. Then you can go back to the whole, they went for it three times technically well, yeah. for yeah. two. Yes. Dude, I did love that audio of him. I didn't pull it, but that audio of him on that radio interview where Dan, was good. Cam Dan Campbell, the head coach of the, the Lions. local radio in Detroit. Yeah. And they're asking, he's like, eventually they're part of the way through the interview. And he's like, hey, you know, on that, you know, on the one we're on the seven, were you thinking about maybe not going for it there? And would you have gone for it if you were past it? And Campbell's like, no, he's like, just say what you want to say. He's like, I thought it was a low percentage play. I don't think you should have done it. He's like, there you go. And he's like, well, do you regret it? He's like, no. You're like, okay. I like the honesty. Trash of the day. All right, let's get to the trash of the day. I got two options. We'll save the uh, the one I initially had later because I saw a new candidate come forward last night. Um, you both were married. 
Cody, you've been married for a while. Long time. Very faithful man. Correct. Drew, just a couple Likewise. years. Faithful as well. So when I saw this story, I was like, oh, this is an all-timer. I think this is an all-timer trash of the day. And I sure, I'm sure there's someone listening right now that either has been cheated on or oh, you've been doing that yourself. And the reason why, so this is relatable is what I'm getting at for what some of you. What percentage of people do you think cheat? You think it's like 50-50? No. I don't think it's that high. I, no, I no, hope no, not. no, no, no. I mean, I know the divorce rate is high, but I don't think it's uh, all divorce. Not every divorce because someone's cheating on something. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Anyway. Um, According to general social survey, 20% of men, 13% of women. Okay. So there was an incident that occurred. Now there's some photos that are floating around Twitter or X. And according to reports on social media, and then this this aggregate, this site kind of aggregates content, uh, a man caught his wife and her lover in the act. Okay? In the act. I mean, that's guy. It's man. one thing to catch your wife cheating, but oh, like physically in the act, that's boy, worse. Oh, boy. That's, oh, that's just dirty business right there. Anyway, so he catches her in the act. He took some photos while they were, quote, in their element. Okay? Oh, no. Uh-huh. He then printed the images on a T-shirt. Made a t-shirt, reportedly visited his wife at her office, wearing the shirt with her image. And I, um, I'll turn my, well, I got the video stream up. This image is very yeah, Be very careful there. Um, yeah, I mean, my want, shit. there are decency laws for what we stream. Um, she's performing an act. I'll just leave that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> she's performing an act and it's on his guy's t-shirt and he goes to work wearing this. Your reaction to that, because people are crushing the guy, saying, hey, man. I mean, dude, I know you could she's... just break up with her. You don't have to show up to her work. Her life is already going to be kind of a problem, right? She's getting a divorce. Her husband found out she's cheating, all this stuff, and this embarrassment. And people around you, your family's going to find that out anyway. Oof. We have to explain the divorce. Showing up to their work, <laughs> you got to draw a line there. You can't be also showing up to their job. With a graphic T-shirt. Oh, it's graphic. Oh, it's it's a it's a it's a you can it's a graphic shirt. Someone brings it like, how about the person that had to print the shirt? Yeah, did he have one of these at-home printing T-shirt? He got things? like a cricket machine <laughs> from Target. Yeah, yeah cricket machine. Or back in the day, you had the inkjet shirts that would print. Like, kind of looks it, like that. Kind of looks like an iron-on, honestly, it's just yeah. like a big square. Because you can't. There's no way. Like, there's no way the store, what like a T-shirt shop, is printing that T-shirt like, for you. No, it's because a like, very graphic image. Part of me is just like, I just can't. I mean, that's an incredible way to go about it. Like, I, I you would had never... so many times to get out of it is what gets me. It's yeah. like when he's sitting in his living room. Drinking a whiskey, his wife's at work, this and dude he's was ironing on yeah, but he's pissed. this image onto the shirt. Like, I mean, he must have been stewing on this for days. Hey, he was pissed. Like, would I would I react in, in that way? I don't know. I've never been in that spot. I don't think I would print up a T-shirt and walk into her office. <laughs> However, like, yeah, I've never this been dude, on. I he, know. I mean, it's one thing to find out someone's cheating on you. This dude walked in on it. I can't even imagine yeah. how furious. Oh, my god. I mean, goodness. it's better than him just, like, getting in a fist fight be. with a guy. Well, that's what you I'm know? saying. Like, at least he didn't react in a violent manner, thank goodness. Right? Yeah, but it's still it's aggressive in a different way. Showing up to <sighs> What would have I mean, been worse? Did you get fired for that? Like, Who, if, like if, the wife? If, no. If you cheated on somebody and, uh-huh. that, and your, your hypothetical girlfriend in this situation showed up to your work wearing that no, shirt. None of their work's no, business. Yeah. Not even worse uh, business. I, I mean, mean, it becomes their business when no, someone is at your right. workplace but, wearing. But it's this not. Shirt. But if they asked him to leave and he left, then it's not an incident. Like I can't. You can't get fired because an ex wore. Would you want to quit that job though? Oh, it'd be I'd embarrassing. Wanna, I'd want to quit that job. I, that, I'd never want to work again. She should be embarrassed though. Particularly like, if she should absolutely be embarrassed by it. If the there are consequences to you doing that. What happens if the guy was also at work 
his works at the same place in his head. I mean, that would Someone obviously just be says very... for him, why would you do it? Because it's like humiliating for you too, right? Like that your wife yeah. would cheat on you for... What would be worse? Sending, like taking the pictures and then wearing the shirt to her work. It's all or just so deliberate. If you, if you printed the pictures off and sent them to family members of hers, I feel like that would be... Works worse. worse. Nah, works worse. Really? Okay. Family members if accept If he printed you, pictures uh, and mailed them to her family, that Fam- is... I, here's the thing about family. I think family. that's worse. It's a good thing about family. Family will accept you for your flaws. They will understand, you know, like they they are more willing to forgive like your mistakes in life just in general. Right? I, I hear you. Everybody's got family members you. who make mistakes. You're more willing to be like, hey, I know they're a good person. We can like work. But like workplace associates, I, like Drew, if this happened to you, that's the only thing I'm ever going to think about you for the rest of the time you work here. Yeah. A lot of people were saying that he screwed up his future court case or whatever. Like now, like now, he could have been like the guy. I didn't do anything wrong, and now mm, she's going to bring this up. Yeah. And be, how could great. that impact the whole thing? It's problematic. Okay, that's quite the so trash. How the hell did he get a picture of her <laughs> performing that act? Huh. And I will say, it seemed like a close-up shot of that photo. I mean, Dangerous. I mean, it, it, he took his L and said, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something with it." I, I have no idea. I. I don't know. You guys can Google know. the story if you want to see the image. That's your call, okay? That's your call. But he's wearing the T-shirt. He took a selfie of himself wearing the shirt with the <laughs> image on it. I don't think I would do that. Oh, man, oh, man. That's the trash of the day. Coming up next, though, we are expected to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and the Chiefs starting quarterback. I, I say that on purpose because normally we just say we're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes. If it's not Patrick Mahomes at the podium, that means Blaine Gabbard starting and we won't play Blaine Gabbard. But we're going to hear from Andy coming up next. And one thing to learn from how successful the Chiefs are right before halftime. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. All right, it is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. We're expected to hear from Andy Reid coming up in 15 minutes. We'll head out to Arrowhead. Normally, Patrick Mahomes will speak. It looks like it's going to be Blaine Gabbard. As Blaine Gabbard's going to join Carrington on the drive this afternoon, that obviously would suggest that it's going to be a Blaine Gabbard game 
on Sunday against the Chargers? You would think so. Per, like, you know, these, like, league media availability rules, you have to make the, quote, starting quarterback available at some point. So my guess is is that he's the starting quarterback for Sunday. And honestly, Mahomes, has nothing, nothing, Mahomes had nothing to play for. You want Kelsey out there for a series? You want to put Mahomes in a helmet? I don't, I don't care if he's, like, no, active, man, but he doesn't even have to do that. Street clothes. Street clothes, have the little little headset in. You can listen to the plays or whatever. Just hang out. Yeah. Relax. That's what I need from him on uh, on Sunday. Let Start Blaine studying Gabbert, up on your possible playoff yeah, opponents. Let Blaine Gabbert go out there and, and beat up on the Chargers. That's fine with, with their scrubs that are going to be out there on their side because uh, that's just their team this year out in L.A. And, uh, you know, as we said earlier, force feed MVS. Make MVS play. Force feed MVS and LaMichael P. Ryan all day long. That's what I want to see on Sunday. Force feed MVS. That's my favorite part of your current plan. Like, that's my plan. Yeah. Um, Someone, get, Pete Sweeney, get Pete Sweeney to ask Andy Reid. Are you, you know, you're talking about resting some starters. Do you think it'd be beneficial to just force feed MVS and give him 15 targets and see how many he can catch? I mean, is that going to fix the problem? I honestly think if you told me. They I get, think it's just more like veteran punishment. Normally you get the day off for rest and you're like, no rest <laughs> for you. You're working today. There's the rest little, of us are be kicking there, our feet up. You're working. There's a little bit of that to it. No doubt. There's a little bit of that to it. And also, again, what's the worst thing? Like if he, if, if he's active and they're throwing the ball to him. And if he doesn't catch it, we're like, well, same old story. And if he does, you're like, well, maybe there's a chance he's got some confidence heading into the postseason. I do. So with the offense, it's really interesting. I had noticed, I saw a stat flash up um, during the Bengals game. And then I went back and I looked at it and I realized that they were absolutely correct about one thing. So the Chiefs offense got a lot of problems. We know that. We just talked about the yards per play. So there are things statistically that point to like, you know, like a possibility of a good offense in there. So why are they 12th or 13th in points per game? Where have the issues been? There's a time when they're better than anyone in the league. They are better at scoring before halftime than anyone in football, specifically in the two-minute drill. They are better than any team in football. They've scored six touchdowns in that scenario. They've scored more than half of the time in that scenario. They put a point. Hell, they put up three against Cincinnati and that exact thing, and they got the ball back at half because we know that they defer most of the time. Should the Chiefs be going up tempo? Is this the, like, missing element of what's been happening offensively? Because I'm trying to figure out if there's a takeaway. This is the only time in which you're good offensively. My thought is be more up-tempo. Be more yeah. deliberate. Play faster instead of playing as slow as they have been a majority this year. It has happened this year where they've had success doing it. The only one we do know, though, just from two weeks ago or less than that was the Raiders game when they tried to go up-tempo late, right? And it was, like, actually sluggish, and they were there was still some confusion. It wasn't a great two-minute drill. But typically, they've been very good now. I wonder if it, A, it, you know, doesn't allow the defense to make substitutions and personnel. And I think it, when you're going to hurry up, it, it forces you as an offense to keep your personnel, wide receiver-wise, going back to the, like, shrinking the rotation, right? I think when you're going to up-tempo, if, let's say, you start the drive and your, your personnel, and you've got Rasheed Rice out there and whoever, and, and Travis Kelsey, like, it, it probably forces you to keep some of the similar personnel out there as well. I mean, I, should they go up-tempo more often? I I don't know if they're going to go no huddle on a on a regular basis. Um, I think some of it is just they're very good situational. They've had a lot of success over the years with with being able to, they know because like, they when, practice when those have, things a lot. They practice, Patrick, re- but yeah. the man in the red zone. When you have Patrick Mahomes, yeah, when you have Patrick Mahomes, like he, you know, whether it's a 13 second drive or whatever, like you give him a minute, you give him two minutes. He's very good at recognizing just how much time and what what it's going to take to get down there, right? Like, is it okay the first 30 seconds of the drive? Can you? Can you work the middle of the field still? Do you, uh, how many yards do we need to get in Butker's? I think he's very 
aware, right? Situational awareness is very high for Patrick Mahomes in those situations. And I understand because, like, the text line saying, hey, you know, more mistakes happen when you're moving too quickly. And I was just like, they already make mistakes. There's no risk of, you know what I'm saying? There's no risk of that. Like, what if they make more, more mistakes? Nobody makes more mistakes than them offensively. Nobody turns the ball over as much as they do in the league. Do I really think going up tempo is somehow going to, like, increase that number? What I'm telling you is that this season, they're more effective when they move quickly. And look, Andy, this has been another thing. Like, we talk about the, I could probably give you 10 things that have never changed. Under Andy Reid is flexible, amenable. He's changed things about his coaching career that have made him very good. But I could also list you 10 things that have never changed about Andy Reid-led teams. And one is that they are real slow. Getting the play call in, real like the history. Real slow getting those things done. Part of me is like, you need to remember in the middle of last year with Eric B there was this whole conversation. Remember with him? Because it was like, well, I got to get the calls to EB faster because then he's got to get him into homes. I'm like, what kind of stupid process is this? It's what they've so always you're done, calling yeah. the play. Then you're giving it to someone else who then gives it to them. That's a bad system. No wonder it takes you so long to get through it. I just wonder, and look, I know that you can't run it like that. It can't be the, it can't be the running gun offense like where just they're going up and down the court. Like we see Big 12 basketball every once in a while. You're like, Jesus, you guys have just been sprinting for 10 straight minutes. That eventually has to go down. What I'm saying is cherry pick. Two, three drives each game where the plan is to go, go, go from the jump. And it doesn't have to be obvious situations, Gold. It could be your second drive of the game in the first quarter. And this one is going to be, no, we're going. We're moving fast, and we're going to make them guess, and we're going to make them think. Teams used to do this to the Chiefs when they were trying to, like, play keep up with their offense. And because they are better in that situation than any other team in the NFL, part of me thinks there's something there that they haven't tapped into. Yeah, maybe Not often do, enough. Yeah, maybe they do it more. Like, they, like you said, they obviously can't do it for the entire game. Um, it, it works in that situation for, I think, a variety of reasons. I think there are also less personnel changes as part of it. Yeah. Like where Andy yeah. was talking about before the game, less rotation, right? Yeah. I think when you see a team go to that and it's not a two-minute drill, it's because, yeah, they haven't been able to get any rhythm in, an, in a game before. And that's what's weird about this team. We, we mentioned they can't get in rhythm, but they actually do move the ball in between the 20s. Like it's, so like that's that's what's kind of weird about it. Normally, it's, you know, like the Steelers do. We've seen this happen a lot with that terrible offense in Pittsburgh. Pun a million times. Like they're, they're just, they have no rhythm. And they, sometimes all of a sudden they go, you know, hurry up in the final two minutes and they have success. It just, I don't know if it's urgency um, if it, your, your defense not able to make adjustments, sometimes it's just you're not thinking. Like I don't know, you're, you you sometimes see this happen a lot, where where teams won't move the ball for an entire first half, and then they have success inside a hurry up offense. It, it's just a change of pace. Yeah, I think it's why teams go to it occasionally, and why you know the, this is one of those weird things because I think normally we would never suggest some of the things we do with this offense, but the reality is the Chiefs have to treat themselves like a mediocre offense. Mediocre offense has changed things a lot because they're looking for answers in the middle of the game you got to stop just going into the game with your game plan and just sticking to it the entire way. And instead, you got to just take shots. you got to try different things. you got to move the needle a little bit. you got to mix it up. You can't just – you can't do status quo. And I'm sure it's hard because they have spent five years being one of the three best offenses in the entire league. And this year, they're very mediocre, Gold. We are 17 weeks through the schedule. They are the 12th, I think, scoring offense in the entire league. They're not even top 10 anymore. Now, I do find it kind of remarkable. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, oh, my God. Because, like, we get so frustrated with the Chiefs offense. I'm like, wait, there are 20 offenses worse than this one? Yes, there's a uh... <laughs> – Hold on. Back it up. There are 20 offenses. We don't even like watching this offense. And there are 20 offenses that score less than this? Yeah. Gross. Yeah, Thank God I don't have to watch that every week. The bar is just different, right? And, oh, and, yeah. that, and that's why, you know, 
I always step back a little bit when we do talk about this, like the way the conversation has been this year. It's because, again, they're on a different scale. But yeah, we talk would, about them like they're New England. You offense. would think that they're the 25th rated offense in football. They're not. We're just used to them being top three. <laughs> they are 12th, that's what by it the is. way. That, that, that's what it is. And we know, you know, I, I think I, I talked to Speck about this last week when he was filling in and we did the special show out at Hollywood Casino that if there was ever any question from a fan perspective as well, like we, we saw many years where this was a top three offense and the defense was 18th to 20th. And we're like, is it good enough to win a Super Bowl? And it was at least an enjoyable product, I think, for people to watch. Yeah, everybody year, likes watching it. More. Everybody likes points, offense. And so now I think that the case has been closed. If you ask anybody going forward the rest of Mahomes' career, as great as it is to have this defense, if, if you had an option of having the 20th best defense or yeah. the top five defense with the offense being 12th, most people would say, no, I'll take the 20th defense and I'll take the offense yes. as top three. And there's a lot because of reasons for that. points have to be scored to win. That's for starters. But in this year, it's particularly tough because, like, the Chiefs do have a great defense. Maybe the best defense in the entire league. I, I think I, I could easily make that argument because their offense has put them in way less advantageous positions than the other ones. The problem is, in a year in which you have an elite defense, the other five teams you would worry about, they have an elite defense too. You know what they also have? A top five scoring offense. Baltimore is the number one scoring defense. They are also a the number two scoring offense. San Francisco, the number two scoring defense. They are one of the top five scoring offenses. Buffalo, top five in both. Dallas, top five in both. Your problem is, is that in a year in which you have an elite defense, the other teams who have elite defense with you can also score and you can't. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's realistically the issue. It's a bad year for it. If, if, if scoring was down or these teams were a little more like Baltimore was the 12th best offense, but the number one defense or the first best offense, but the 10th ranked defense, kind of like Miami. Miami's the opposite of you, right? They can score as much as they want. They can't stop anybody. Well, so it's weird now because they got an extra injury with Bradley Chubb. I think that that narrative was like a November narrative. I actually think twenty first in the NFL the, points per game. I know, but the Dolphins' defense has actually been a heck of a lot better. The problem now they're going to have is Bradley Chubb is done for the season. They already lost Phillips. Like they now they're starting to get some injuries on their defense in Miami, which is why you know we've been all the time about possible scenarios of Chiefs opponents like the Dolphins. You still prefer them, obviously, over Buffalo coming here, although you'd prefer Pittsburgh, Houston, or Indy over Miami. So that's kind of where we're at when we talk about the potential teams. Do you think there's the advantage? You know, we always talk bye week stuff with Andy, right? Thinking he's going to have time to come up with new wrinkles and all sure. this. They're game planning for the Chargers, but you're going to have backups, and it looks like Blake Dude, Capper's just roll starting. back. I'm telling you, roll right. back like week fours. Do, do you think this Same is – Same game plan. Do you take this as the – you count this as a Andy Reid by week. He's now got a week to get ready for opponent. <sighs> by the way, the opponent, he's not going to know who it is until after Sunday Night Football. Yes, but it's weighted less because this year all of those Andy Reid stats have meant a little bit less. Yeah. The Mahomes and Andy unbeatable in December, like yep. everything has meant a little for bit September, less this year. Yeah. Even the bye week this year meant less than normal. So – it doesn't mean nothing. It just doesn't have the same. It's not weighted the same as I would have said in previous year. You know, like that's it. I just, I wouldn't have weighted it as big as I would have in normal years. Normally I would pretty much just give them the win. I'd just be like, yeah, sure. You're good. Andy Reid bye week at home in the playoffs. I feel pretty good about it. I can't believe we're even discussing the Chiefs only getting one playoff game. No way. No way. Well, we've been spoiled. We've this been team? spoiled is what it no is, man. Way. We've been spoiled. But many, many years ago, wow, won the AFC West, hosting a playoff game would have been huge news. Now it's expected, and now we well, didn't want a playoff game for 25 years. Sure, yeah. I don't know if it was that long, but it was 21, 22, something, something like that. Something. It was a really long time. I was actually informing Drew of that the other day because – I did they, not know that the streak was was that long. Oh, dude, this is the last – They had not won a playoff game in 
for the last five ever. to seven years, man. It's it's not what football was in Kansas City for a majority of time. Was the year that they were going that they were leading the Colts by that much and they came back to win? Was that would that have that been the first? Would that have been the first win that you guys mm-hmm. have had? And, oh, see that like that's years, yeah. that is that was in twenty thirteen or fourteen. So that would have been about mm. fifteen years of drought or so. That like was it was Marty Schottenheimer. It was like Joe game. Montana. The last time they had won a playoff game until Patrick Mahomes showed wow. up. The, well, Alex Smith, actually, because they won a playoff game with him. But Believe it against or not. Against the Texans. Remember, yeah. I was against the Texans down in Houston. Uh, Niall, Niall Davis. Niall Davis, 99 re- Returned yard. a kick for a touchdown <laughs> to start set the tone in that game. Yeah, that's how it all went down. Yeah. 913-586-7610 is the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. We're going to head out to Arrowhead and hear from Andy Reid. Multiple coming up people in a say you sound like Speck today. Do with you a, hear it? Well, being with the na- like nasally. and um, Are they saying he's nasally? <laughs> Maybe. Can we get Speck in here later and we hear can. you guys talk side by side? I'm I don't, you know, hear, this, I don't this, hear it. This voice is I don't hear it either. This voice, I don't either. This voice is so much better though than what it was yesterday. I promise you. Yesterday, you guys wouldn't, you barely would have been able to hear me. This is so well, much you, stronger than what my voice was yesterday. Should you have taken an extra day? No, because I was already off for a week. You're just bored. You're ready to come back. I had to come back to work, man. I mean, <laughs> we got fine. Drew and I would have understood. We got stuff to do. If you needed an I extra feel, day, it's okay. Someone says it was 108 yards. I forgot how long that was. Oh, was it? Niall Davis, man. Thank God. Someone <laughs> says, your voice is deeper. You can make some quarterback audible calls. All right, let's hear it. Someone <laughs> says, say blue 80 one time. <laughs> <laughs> blue 80. Like, it is better. Sounds so nasally. And sounds mid- gravelly. Sounds awful. Sounds terrible. That's what it is. You could do the Dak Prescott. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. That whole thing. These other quarterbacks say, here we go, but his is so audible. <laughs> It's crazy. Man, that, we were all gone so long, year. we didn't even get to joke about the Broncos already cutting bait on Russell. Russ. Which, Russ, that that locker room interaction, though, and it's, again, it's Russ probably... Russ didn't do anything wrong. They straight up told him they're going to no, bitch his ass for that, beating a team they hadn't beaten since 2015. I, I was going to give him credit, though. Like, that locker room interaction that Russ had or interview that he had was actually, like, the most normal he had ever sounded. And not scripted and fake or anything like that. No, he was being, like, Mm. genuine. He's like, it was, I mean, if you want to look for an organization who's changed GMs and all that stuff, talk about dysfunction. You finally, you paid, you traded all these picks away. You paid them a bunch of money before you had to. And then a guy finally got your team over the hump for the first time in damn near a decade against an opponent. And your immediate reaction, not kind of, not later, your immediate reaction to that win was, if you do that again, we're bitching your ass. Either get rid of these, either get rid of these guarantees, or you're going to the bench. They were still in the playoff that's hunt, so correct? Dis- when they benched him. Well, that's yeah. what's actually they were in the amazing. They, last that, they, that made no they, sense. They did it after the Chiefs game, and then they got hot. Like that's to Russ's credit, he played like, some of his best football. Yeah. And they were borderline we're, mad at him for it. Not to go too off topic. We're waiting for Andy Reid, but do you, where do you guys think he ends up? So the we we know he's he's a free agent. He will be a free agent when he gets cut. He's going to start for somebody next Falcons? year. Falcons. I guess I always thought that was Kirk Cousins' Kirk. landing spot, but Falcons. Yeah. Offshore, there's odds on favorites, and the Falcons and Raiders are two two of the mm. teams in the mix. If <laughs> the Raiders, it makes no sense if they did it because they moved on from Derek Carr. Why would they do it? But the Raiders also don't make smart decisions either. Could you imagine if he ended up with Las Vegas after all this? It'd be hilarious. That'd be funny to me, because again, he's not a threat. He's not a real threat. For this division, if I was at Atlanta, would really screw up, I think, by by jumping the gun and getting him because I think a lot of what happens to Justin Fields could be. I think uh, the more and more be, I think about it, determining. I, I think he stays in Chicago. I, 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 I think he should, I think but I think Atlanta in. would be a good spot for Justin Fields to go. 
uh, as well. If he does, if they do happen to move on from him, why they would do yeah. that? If you're Chicago, you take every single call of anybody who's willing to trade for Justin Fields, yep. and you take every single call for anybody who's willing to trade for the number one pick to get Caleb Williams. Sure, no, you I think take every single one of those calls. Honestly, all you need is the Patriots or whoever to jump ahead of you so you can take Marvin Harrison Jr. The two teams after you are taking quarterback. The Patriots, the Commanders, like those teams are taking quarterback. So. Just let whoever jump ahead of you get Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, get a future first-round pick, and move on with your life. Yeah, I I think the more and more you look at the situation based on how Fields is playing, I, I lean more and more like they're going to keep Justin Fields in, in Chicago. Yeah, so for, really well. so for Atlanta, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill are the three guys that I think you keep an eye on. I think but. the one exception is that if somebody offers you a first for Justin Fields still, I don't, I don't think you that take, offers. I don't, I don't think that's coming. I, I, don't I think, think it is. I think you're getting a second round at best. It's but probably would, a third. But I would take the call because if someone gave me a first, and all of a sudden I could have three first rounders this year. Oh yeah. And the first one would be Caleb Williams, and then I could go take Marvin Harrison a Dunze or whoever at nine, right, seven, wherever the hell they're going to end up. And then with my other first round pick, I could take an offensive line. I mean, I'd be very tempted. I feel like Atlanta would be maybe willing to offer that first because they've been they've been too good. Where yeah. they're not going to get, they might not even get Penix. Yeah, or Bo Nix. They might get Bo Nix or Jane Daniels. I, I don't trust Arthur Smith anyway. Yeah, that too. And the fact that he, I think, in all likelihood, the report was that he's back or could very well be back yeah, next year. I mean, more and more, was... it looks like it looks like the Bucks are obviously going to keep Bulls because he surprised all of us. Had a very nice season with Baker. The report is that Dennis Allen might keep his job as well. And there's a chance that there's going to be other than Carolina, who already fired their coach, that there will not be any other coaching changes in that division. <laughs> it's like. They're going to keep their job winning seven games. What the hell? Actually, I think the Bucks have eight or nine wins. But still, this is good. From the text line, 913, we're talking about the Chiefs' playoff history. It's like, man, Drew has no idea the Tennessee loss where Mariota completed a pass to himself. Uh, Doesn't yeah. know when Justin Houston was on. Justin Houston, the outside linebacker, was on Antonio Brown in his prime 50 yards down the field in coverage. And actually, hung with him kind of close. On the coverage was semi decent. <laughs> I didn't know the I streak thought. was that bad. I didn't they, know that it was that long. When they lost to Pittsburgh, even though they didn't even let up a touchdown, they lost oh that game. Gosh, they didn't let up a yeah. touchdown. They let up five. <laughs> no, field there goals was and there lost, was man. long. I mean, be ready for next week too, Drew, because if if the Chiefs oh, the end Colts? up if yeah. the Chiefs end up playing the Colts, even though I thought we put that to rest. Uh, that'll come up for some people as well. Colts I've seen on the text nightmares. line anybody about the Colts. Have people yeah. have said I don't think that matters as much anymore, but it definitely was a thing for a while. Believe it or not, I was cheering for the Chiefs in that game when Andrew Luck came back and won the thing. Really? I was. You lived in Indy at the time. I and did. You were rooting for the, against the hometown well, okay, team. Okay, as a Bengals fan, I, it was a joke mm. again with, with me and my friends like who are all Colts fans. Like, oh, I'm going to root for the Chiefs, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like the, 38 the divisional, to 10 was the Drew, league, correct? It's at the point now, like the divisional champs t-shirts. Yeah, we don't. Well, I don't want to speak for everybody. I don't buy those anymore. Okay. They don't buy those anymore. They, don't, they, don't, they don't matter. That's how split. They want eight. Now, maybe if you know if they are breaking the Patriots record, we fast forward and they're going to twelve. I might buy the twelfth one because it'll be breaking the record. Other than that, yeah, we don't we don't buy divisional shirts anymore, man. We're spoiled. We buy AFC champs and Super Bowl gear. That's what we do now. That's why everybody's been frustrated all year. The bar is a little different than it was six years ago. It's also that's what's funny. You missed the conversation, but that's what's funny about the AFC West is. Oh, you guys about this yesterday. Like they had every. They had every opportunity to get them this year, and they still didn't. All right, let's uh, let's go out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. As far as the guys not practicing today, uh, Chris Jones uh, has a groin spasm. He won't practice. Pacheco with a uh, quad contusion. And then uh, Rasheed's got a, a little bit of a hamstring. 
that he tweaked in the game, and then Legarius with the calf will give him time to let that heal through there. Um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Chargers. Um, you know, Giff has been put in that position as a head coach. The guys are playing hard for him. And, um, you know, that's uh, we're we going to have a good week of preparation. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, Pat won't play. Um, so Blaine will take uh, over at that spot. And then um, we'll rotate the other guys in as we go. So, uh, but we look forward to the challenge of getting ready. And we got to make sure that we have a good week of preparation. That time, sure. Coach, you have a couple of players who definitely aren't practicing. Is it best to keep them completely out of the game, or do you want to rotate them as well? Yeah, I want them to rehab and get themselves ready to go as needed. You know, so but no difference. Stay aggressive on the rehab part of it, and uh, and we go from there. You have a couple guys who are close to like milestones or incentives. Is that a priority this week? Getting those guys and those numbers? Yeah, it depends. You know, depends on what the milestone is. <laughs> Let's say it's a, an eight straight 1,000 yard season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. See how that light goes. Do, do they have, what's the conversation like when you have those? Um, probably one sided. <laughs> Andy, um, it certainly seemed like some, some quick read stuff. Sunday, maybe some just quicker stuff in general. Was that by design? Is that something you can see moving forward? Yeah, listen, they they gave us an opportunity to do that. Um, it depends on the defense that you're playing. So they were going to take away some of the deep stuff and gave us a chance to get the ball out fast and do that part. But it just depends on the defense. Andy, will the going to be up on, uh, on Sunday? Uh, yes. What have you seen from him um, in the last year, since maybe since training camp? Yeah, I, listen, he works hard. He works hard every day at working to improve his game. Um, he's obviously in all the meetings. And then I, I think the training camp time that he got to play was valuable for him. And then the scout team stuff, He, we try to, if a play is similar to what we run, we try to, call it that way and run it that way. Um, so the defense gets a real fast look at something that the other side knows. Um, you going to try to get him in the game? Okay. I don't know about that. I, I just have to see how things go. Andy, you've got, Andy, Andy, you got a lot of guys that are probably trying to impress you and the coaching staff to get some play time into playoffs with this game. What do you want to see out of those guys that are kind of the back end that are going to get this opportunity something? Yeah, well, they're going to be front end and back end playing, so you can't, you know, you can't have everybody not play. So, um, I, but I expect them. Yeah, it's a it's a way to build your resume uh, in this league, and gives you an opportunity to also strengthen our team as we go into the playoffs with guys with a little more experience uh, gained in a game like this. So, that's invaluable. Situation before uh, the game not mattering so much. Uh, is it a little more difficult maybe this time around because your offense is still in flux or maybe a work in progress? Is it are you tempted a little bit more to maybe try to play some more guys? Well, it helped that we played, 
you know, okay, this past game for sure. Um, and uh, I'm not worried about that, though. No, I'm, I just want to, you know, make sure that we're ready when that time comes and then this group's ready for right now. <laughs> so this is, um, this is not a less important game. It's just different guys in, in important positions playing the game and, uh, and playing well. So it's you don't you don't just throw these games out. That's not what we're doing with that. We want to we want to play the, well. Sorry. What, what's the uh, practice week going to look like for Pat and guys like like him who are going to play on Sunday? Are they going to get any work, or is this going to be? A yeah, they'll get work. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. As long as they're healthy to get out there, they'll get work. Yeah. How many you? Do you have other guys, whether it's coaching staff in the building, that's sort of devoted to? Maybe whether it's self-scouting, how you treat a bye week. I mean, that's something different than what would usually be the case. Yeah, well, the important thing is that we get this one where we are good with it. And then and then I've got some of the assistants uh, looking at the other things, the possibilities. But the guys that are in charge of these different areas for this game are focused in and on that and doing that. And uh, um, so, you know, you want to do well in this game. You want to do well. And that's that's how we go about it. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of what I was curious about too. Was just how much resources do you dedicate to looking towards next week, knowing you know there's five different teams that you could face. Yeah, well, a couple of you know a couple of the possibilities you already know, so you you can spend less time on that. But you you know the, the, these other guys that are doing that are are capable of doing that. They're they're in that position where they stay ahead every week for us. Anyways, so now they've got a couple more teams that they have to stay ahead of. Uh, that's all right. Spend the time at it and do it. Dig in, and then you can give us the information down the road. Coach, but that's what they do, anyways. You know, the quality control guys. Coach, you speak about the milestones of the players. This is your 18th team win season. Of course, with two different organizations. I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but yeah. how often do you look back at your accomplishments in this league? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I don't look back. That's dangerous in this business. Yeah, you know, very dangerous. So um, I look forward, and uh, someday when I'm done, uh, I guess then I can look back. But uh, the only time I look back is if there was a good play back there that we want to use coming up. <laughs> so, but that's about it. Yeah. A couple more guys. How about Blaine's season? We obviously don't get to see him much. We don't see him in practice at all. But yeah. Just, and we're going to talk to him here in a minute. Yeah, but, uh, yeah sure. Well, you know, he works so stinking hard in practice. It's great to have that opportunity to go out and play. I mean, he's been a starter in the league, and and so he you have confidence that he knows what to do and go in there and will do well. But um, for a per, from a personal standpoint, I'm sure he's excited about the opportunity to get in and play instead of going out here and practicing, you know, every day. That's a... That's what he does. He's a, you know, not to have a chance to do it in a game is great. We've seen veterans over and over being quarterback behind Patrick. How's Blaine been that veteran and steady voice for Patrick over his course of Yeah, no, he's done a nice job. You know, he's done he's done well with it. Um, I checked with Chad, and he and Chad have a relationship. Chad thought he'd be good for that that position. Um, I didn't know Blaine, uh, you know, like I know knew Chad, but. Um, he, he's jumped in and, and done a nice job with all that. Yeah. Coach, for the guys who are 
playing like Patrick, how do you want them to prepare for the playoffs when they're also <coughs> resting, avoiding injury, and kind of on the sideline? Um, are they doing more of the mental thing, or what is the key to getting ready for a playoff game when you're not playing this weekend? Yeah, so from his standpoint, he'll he'll look at some of the teams. That's what he does. You, you know, you're not going to not have that happen. Um, but, um, you know, the, the thing you got to do, you got to practice, go out and practice, do your thing there, help out the guy, help out Blaine when he's in there like he helps you out. And uh, so he's got to make sure he studies this opponent, make sure he has that down too. Um, and that's what that's what you do. You only have so many elevations. So, you know, if somebody, if Blaine goes out and tweaks his ankle, then you got to be ready to, you know, put the uniform on and at least be out there and in a position. So you're... That's how that's how that goes, but you know, where you can function. All right. Thanks. All right, so that was Andy Reid. What we expected, he confirmed the Chiefs will rest Patrick Mahomes for Sunday's game against the Chargers. It's obviously the right decision. Got everything locked up. No reason to put Patrick Mahomes out there. He also said Chris Jones, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Legereus Sneed uh, are listed out injury-wise, but mainly just rest uh, for this week. And so I think it gives you a little insight already on where things are trending on who's going to play and who's not going to play on Sunday against the Chargers. We even got a freaking question about a guy I forgot was even on the Chris team from, pre from preseason, the third-string quarterback. I kind of remember him in a preseason yeah. game briefly. Yeah, one pick that was off. Um, yeah, I forgot he existed. Yeah, so he'll be uh, but good for him. called up, it sounds like. We'll see if he gets any uh, playing time. I yeah. think if things go well, he doesn't, unfortunately for him. It'll just be Blaine Gabbard. It didn't sure. sound promising for him to get playing No, he's time. like, uh, like Andy was like, uh, I mean, no, probably not. I don't but know. I don't know. But honestly, Gabbard should get all the snaps. Yes. On the off chance that it's one of those Chad Henney situations and you need him to throw a single pass, why not let Gabbard get a little loose? Again, Gabbard and MVS, all I need on Sunday. Thank you very much. Coming up next, Dude, though. Gabbert versus Easton Stick. Yeah, it's Sunday. a hell of a matchup, oh. man. It's a hell of a matchup. The Chiefs have, look, you should be listening to the game on 106.5 The Wolf anyway and listen to Mitch and Dana and, and Kling and, and Dan Israel. But it's like the fifth crew on uh, CBS. It gives you an idea of the importance of the game. It's like the fifth CBS crew. Yeah. Like Spiro Didas or whatever and whoever else is with him. Archuleta. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I didn't realize he was a broadcaster. That's how oh, often he's we been get on Archuleta games. Oh, he has been doing he's games been for, a for a while. In That's fairness. how often we get Archuleta, uh, Archuleta games. Archuleta's been on CBS for he like He hasn't been on a Chiefs game in like a decade. Well, not a Chiefs game. But he, I think he's been with CBS for like seven years by now. He's normally mm -hmm. doing Drew Cincinnati games. Yeah, I think he actually he has, he has done, I think, two of them this year, <laughs> as a matter of fact. All right, up next, we'll get to what's trending and then get right back into one thing Cody thinks Andy Reid needs to embrace more come playoff time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.